Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Today I'm going to talk to you about how I got the amazing opportunity to work at Bloomer LV and how I started my career. So um, for that I need to backtrack many years and that takes us to about 2008. Then I was lucky to, you know, work a large household. I was lucky to get my own room and also received, you know, tea with a sat satellite dish. And I found I was really interested in looking up what's going on in the world. and I was always always checking out, let's say CNN, CNBC, and on one network I would see, you know, the upcoming election, the historic election of Barack Obama in two thousand eight, and on the other network I would see the the ongoing financial crisis with the uh, bankruptcy of Lehman Brothers and the domino effect it had on the entire financial system. So looking at those two events uh, converge, right? Uh, September, the bankruptcy of Lehman Brothers, uh, November, the election of Barack Obama, and January 2009, his swearing in, um, really aroused my interest for both these fields of finance and um, and policy, right? The, these two became really interesting to me. But at school, I was studying sciences. I loved sciences, and uh, shout out to all my high school friends, studying with me at the time um, had a dream to become a doctor because I I loved learning about science and of course I love interacting with people so I thought that's the ideal profession um, so fast forward a little bit uh, I got into a pre-university program uh, college in in Quebec and I was studying health sciences to get into med school there uh, I was studying for a physics exam with a, with a good friend and I realized at the library that in my downtime between two study sessions, I was actually going to the business section of the library and checking out what were the new titles there, jotting a to-do list or a to-read list, you know, and the list got pretty long. It's like 10, 12 books, and I'm like, okay, if this is something I, I'm that interested in in my downtime, why don't I explore making of that maybe my main focus of study or, um, you know, put more energy in it and see if I can make a cure out, out of it. So with that, the following ac academic year, I started a business club at the school and got great support from fellow students uh, who joined the club, professors, mentors, and people from the business community. Very early on, we were able to invite some of top the top CEOs in Montreal, leading financial service firms, uh, venture capital funds, private equity, uh, uh, private equity firms as well. Uh, entrepreneurs, uh, up-and-coming managers, even people from municipal politics. We got to invite the mayors of two large Montreal municipalities who were very successful in their own rights, who had run businesses successfully prior to entering municipal politics. And we had also uh, an amazing woman who was uh, formerly a consultant and who was now helping first create a new political party in Quebec and has now, since then, become the minister of Quebec's economy. Super important role, and who represents us extremely well at Davos uh, not so long ago. She's now the president of one of the largest political parties, and it's to say that from very early on, this little club had an amazing uh, reach and outreach. And um, fueled by that early success, I went on to study business at university, 
and of course took as much as many business and finance classes as, as I could met amazing people along the way uh, a super good friend of mine who introduced me to, to Bitcoin early on sadly I did not invest then um, and I also had the opportunity to visit Israel uh, on a business business themed sorry business themed uh, trip there I visited startups all over the country and got introduced to super high growth companies such as Fiverr which is uh, say leading the way for uh, freelance services online as a marketplace and Wix.com which is sort of a do-it-yourself uh, website design creator slash e-commerce website in a similar similar vein as Shopify as we know it today <clears throat> and with this I got the also the, the bug for startup tech entrepreneurship and when I came back to Montreal I attended all the events I could in that community and very early on I, I managed to be in a room in a at the startup pitch or at an early pitch of Lightspeed POS, which is now the one of the leading point of sale systems in the world and one of Canada's fastest growing companies, just IPO'd not too long ago. And um, of course, a great Montreal-based success story. I also got to hear start a pitch from a Montreal entrepreneur who wanted to set up a Bitcoin ATM network. Maybe that was October 2013. So, of course, all this new and exciting technology and, uh, you know, entrepreneurial ventures sprouting. That was very exciting to be part of, you know, sort of like a VC in the room, just listening to all these cool pitches. Um, and there I, uh, you know, decided to focus my earlier studies on entrepreneurship, venture capital. Also, there was lots of growth in China. I was... Uh, studying a bit, a bit of Chinese in university and um, I I kept the the broad picture interest you know for the broader financial markets and politics always on the back of my mind later, later in my university career I had a chance to go abroad uh, in to, to a great political science and economic school in Paris and there uh, it was really the perfect timing to be there it was uh, late 2015, so Paris had just signed the Paris Accord through a lot of global attention in the city. Uh, people had flocking from all over the world, and I remember you know, seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger as a guest speaker at the school. That was you know, unbelievable for someone who you know, appreciated him as, as a bodybuilder, then as an actor, and then as, a, of course, someone in politics. Um, so I got to see Arnold Schwarzenegger, shook his hand, and sadly, I was too busy filming, you know, and live streaming, that I didn't get to ask my question. I wasn't you know, in the line to ask a question, but I was the last one. And um, I did get a selfie, not that good of quality, but uh, uh, if it's nice enough, I'll try to post it somewhere here. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger came in. Two months later, we had Sundar Pichai, the chief executive officer, newly minted CEO of Google and now the CEO of Alphabet as well come into Sciences Po, the school I was at, on his very first official trip abroad. So he stopped at the journalism school of Sciences Po. Two months later, uh, 
we had Stephen Schwartzman, the founder and CEO of the Blackstone, the leading private equity firm in the world, come in to Sciences Po to recruit for his study abroad program in China. And that was super interesting because it was in the run up to the 2016 elections in the United States. A lot of things was happening, of course, in politics and finance. And he told us about the Blackstone IPO, which was one of the biggest in the, in the decade, uh, in the previous decade. And it was second only to, to Google at the time that, that he mentioned it. So we had the CEO of Google, CEO of Blackstone, the two of the largest IPOs of the previous decade, you know, Schwarzenegger, uh, it just it was just the, the all the mix of politics, policy, finance, you know, digital media. It was an incredible melting pot. I then went on to to do my master's degree in Canada at Queens. I uh, I love the, the program because it was you know multi continental, and I got to to study again in, in Paris, romantic interest as well. Uh, in a, in a business school this time with a former French prime minister, um, as a teacher for leadership, with the academic dean as a teacher for doing business in China, and he brought in some amazing, you know, former chief operating officer of the LVMH uh, portfolio company called Sephora. So, girls or women tuning in, for sure will know the, the brand. So the CEO of Sephora uh, in China, a massive, massive role for. French conglomerate, and he came back to France to to lead JD.com, uh, a Chinese e-commerce platform. So, you know, again, an amazing set of teachers, and uh, you know, the, the quick anecdote is that I was also interested in doing a master's degree at that school in Paris called ESCP. It's the first business school in the world established um, before the existence of Wharton. If I'm not if I'm not wrong, if I remember correctly, it's 1819. So. 200 year old business school and it was um, created by Jean-Baptiste Say, so a French economist who was in correspondence with Mr. Thomas Jefferson, one of the, I believe the fourth American president and um, one of the founding fathers of the United States. So <clears throat> the, the history of the school goes way back and it was you know, just a privilege to, to be there. Uh, that summer also had a scholarship to to study at Tsinghua University in Beijing, which was a dream. You know, I was learning a bit of Chinese. I loved seeing what's going on there. It's a school that has Mark Zuckerberg on its board. It's a school where Peter Thiel, the author of Zero to One, the founder of PayPal, uh, the founder, one of the co-founders of Palantir, the, you know, the instigator or the, you know, the patron of TL Fellows, which funded Vitalik Buterin, who created Ethereum. So really, important dude right there and he was teaching between Stanford and Chingu so I thought this is a school that I need to get to right I used my like exchange credit to go to the Paris school now I need a way to, to get in there and that, there I had a scholarship to study in the, for the summer at their uh, um, People's Bank of China School of Finance which is their central bank school right the school that teaches uh, Chinese officials that will then join and then lead and help run the PBOC, one of the largest central banks in the world. Uh, also keeping in mind that the four biggest banks in the world are, are Chinese by assets. Uh, so that was an incredible opportunity. And I landed there the same day 
that Mr. Schwartzman, who had come, come to recruit for his school, was announcing the commencement ceremony. So it was a super good timing with his first trip at Sciences Po and that later, you know, uh, happenstance where I was in Beijing at the right time. Um, to complete my studies, I wanted to do something that looked like uh, more in the accounting tax field. Uh, early on, back in the, again, 2009, I read that one of the most uh, commonly done activities uh, by people of a certain net worth is to consult their uh, tax professionals, right? So no matter what you do in life, no matter your level of success or or increasingly, the more uh, the more resources you have, the more you're likely to consult a tax professional year to year. So <clears throat> I had the opportunity to to do a master's degree in taxation in New York City. So that, that was a dream come true. Never mind the the allure of New York City uh, from a you know a young Canadian who grew up admiring the city and who tragically remembers 9/11. Even though I was very young, it's something that, that marked me, and um, it was just a, a great opportunity to to go live in New York City. Also, that was around the time where the Tax Cuts and Job Acts w was being passed, so I was learning taxation just as massive uh, overhaul of the tax system was going on. That was really interesting. I was learning taxation at a time when there was also the uh, the South Dakota versus Wafer trial, right? A very important case that went all the way to the Supreme Court to help decide uh, what do you do for e-commerce websites that that are domiciled in one state but that sell merchandise in another, right? So there was a whole debate of how you should measure and consider taxations of those increasingly uh, important transactions. Right? We all know the the growing role of e-commerce today. Um, and there, uh, I had a quick break. I went to Paris, in Paris to see my fiance, and I was uh, uh, I visited my old school, uh, ESCP, and there happened to be a career recruitment day. I saw the Bloomberg booth, and I was just like, "Oh wow! What did, I didn't even know they recruited. Like that's such a cool company." You know, I took a snap of it. You know, a little post on Snapchat. You know, I was just like, "Oh, it's cool that I saw their booth." You know, I didn't think I would get the job or anything. Then I spoke to one of the recruiters and, you know, I was with my iPad. I had all the Bloomberg podcasts that I was listening to. And, you know, I remember in China, I was always listening as I was walking around, visiting the city and everything of Beijing. And I uh, just thought I was super enthusiastic and interested in the job. She's like, hey, listen, like she gave me her, she told me to take a picture of her like ID to add on LinkedIn and to tell her as soon as I apply. So I did, of course. So when I went back to New York, I applied and uh, I told her I applied. So then, uh, you know, a few days later, I got an email. All right, you can go ahead, do, do the interview. All right, that was a set of, let's say, 10 video questions to answer. Um, and I wasn't really ready for these. It was like, you know, you click, you just see the answer, and then you need to answer right away. But if you made a mistake, you can't go back. And every second elapsed is time wasted. So. 20 seconds, boom, one minute, done. There's no there's no practice. Or maybe the first one is practice, but then it just goes so fast. So I remember, uh, you know, just one by, uh, I was 34th 
you know, just ha had a shirt on. And I was in a student, student center at the school I went to on 34th Street around 4 p.m. I don't know if you know how busy Manhattan can get, the street where there's Empire State Building. You know, let's say 4 or 5 p.m. could be considered rush hour in, in a sense. Um, so, you know, I do the interview. I don't think I'm doing well. Uh, and, and I send it through. I remember not thinking that I did well because uh, 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 I, I don't think that I was prepared for that format, let's say. What happens then is, uh, you know, I did send a, a, a message to the recruiter telling her that I didn't think that would put me in my best light. And um, I leave it, left it in that. I thought, like, it's over. Um, in the meantime, of course, knowing me in New York City, I don't let opportunities to network or to, you know, to go to cool events slip by. I went to the 92nd Street Y for an event where um, Dan Bokhtarov was being interviewed. He was being interviewed by the uh, by, by the owner of the New York Giants and also the owner of, of the Laos Hotel uh, company. So a very important figure in the hospitality real estate field in New York. And I was there, you know, more to hear Jonathan Tish, the interviewer, than the in interview, if you will. If you will. Uh, so I was there with my little New York G Giant hats, one of the only fans in the room that probably didn't have such a good season. And um, I saw Mr. Dan Doctoroff, who was a former president of, of Bloomberg there. That was just a, you know, a happenstance, because I didn't know who he was prior to going there. Um, a few weeks later, I had a chance to volunteer at a conference in Toronto um, called the Toronto Global Forum. And there, I was one of the client experience staff. It was 7 a.m., and I see someone just coming in from, from you know, with the with the, his luggage and everything, I see this Mr. Dan Doctor of who now runs Sidewalk Labs, which is a, a Google-owned or Alphabet-owned company uh, that's trying to bring in technologies in in urban settings. And he chose Toronto as as the city to try like Google's projects. It's a, a very interesting um, uh, field to look at. And he used to be Mayor Bloomberg's Mike Bloomberg's deputy mayor for economic affairs in New York City. He tried to get uh, New York to become an, an Olympic, uh, an Olympic uh, company. So sorry, what, what am I saying? Uh, the city for, for the, the Olympics 2012, he lost out to London. He details that in, in his in a, in a long book on urban affairs. And that prompts probably why we were invested in a massive, beautiful building in London. That, that's for another time. Um, so I'm in, I'm in Toronto, I see Dan Doctor off, and you know, at the time, I, I, I thought, okay, the, the interview, my chances to work at Bloomberg are done, but still, it was pretty cool, I had a great connection with the recruiter, I told her, hey, by the way, I just saw Dan Doctor off, like the former CEO of Bloomberg, and, I was just, and then, lo and behold, I did receive the email that I was not picked, and then, I, like, a few days later, I got a call, and I said, hey, that was a mistake. Uh, we couldn't hear you properly because of all the noise. I right? remember I was on 34th Street in the background. Um, would you like to do the, that interview on the phone? I'm like, hell yeah. And then like a few questions about that financial actual what was going on in the, in the world today. Finance, that was like, I guess uh, around November 2017. Lo and behold, that led to, you know, let's say second, third, fourth round interviews in New York City. And 
and I got the job. So here the lesson is persevere, follow your passions, and good thing will come to you. That's it. So more next time for what I learned working at Bloomberg. Thanks for listening.